You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's uh, let's start it off here with some uh, stock downs, John. You go ahead first. Davis Mills. He yeah. was not sharp. The offense did not look good. He um, and I don't care that they're missing three starters in the offensive line: Laramie Tunsil, Justin Brett, and then they're hoping Kenyon Green can start at left guard. He had some time to throw. He was just off target. Yeah. And then on the last drive, he kind of saved himself. But I was not impressed with the first team offense, and I was not impressed with Mills. And he should have, he was a little better than the first game, of course, when they had two, three and outs. But considering the way he ended last year, I expected him to be more accurate. And so uh, uh, I will say Davis Mills. Yeah, I think Davis Mills is my number one. I'm with you on that one. And I, I'm nervous about that, John. I, I am nervous right now. Um, about Davis Mills. You know, he, he had some good practices early on, but some of the other practices didn't look all that good. I know it's a small sample of just uh, two series against the Saints and a half against the Rams, but you're playing against the other team's backups. And, and you're right. You're absolutely right. If he were under siege the entire time because he's got a janky offensive line, then I would feel a little bit better. Like, all right, well, he's going to have pros in front of him come week one against the Colts. He just he looks like rookie Mills at times. And I'm not talking about the last five game rookie Mills. I'm talking about Buffalo Bills game rookie Mills, Indianapolis Colts game rookie Mills, Arizona Cardinal game rookie Mills like that. Like he had some throws where you're going, what are you doing? Like right in a row, like three or four throws. It felt like they were consecutive where the other team had just as good a chance to get the football as the Texans did on those plays. So I'm with you. I'm super nervous about that. Hopefully he does some things against the 49ers with the first with his actual first team with his number one target in there, Brandon Cooks. Um, I don't think we can, you know, we, we'd be remiss not to mention that Cooks hasn't played yet. That's his <clears throat> that's his security blanket. I'm 100% with you on Davis Mills, John. And, and, and I, man, it cannot be overstated how important it would be if he were to develop into the full-time starter for this team beyond this year because then they wouldn't have to use that draft capital on a quarterback. They wouldn't have to use potentially multiple picks to maneuver around to go get the quarterback that they want. If you already have the quarterback, you can just sit there and go best player available with all your pick. You can move around if you want to, like they did with the Kenyon green pick last year. But if you, if Davis mills, isn't the guy and the Texans are picking like fifth or something like that, then you're talking about potentially having to use both of those first round picks to get a quarterback. If you want to maneuver up. So the opportunity cost of Davis mills, not becoming the guy is something that that uh, I, to me hangs over this season for me. It's obviously the biggest story with this team this year is, is the performance and the development of Davis Mills. 100% with you on that one, John. Um, my first uh, stock down is for a poor guy who they signed during the preseason. He's coming back from an injury. 
He didn't play in the first preseason game, and he gets in there for a punt return, Chester Rogers, and his first punt return, John, I looked, and he ran it for 30 yards, and I'm going, hey, this guy's got a little sauce. Maybe he makes this decision kind of tough for the Texans. Maybe he's maybe he finds a role on this team. You know, there's nothing in, there's nothing in concrete at the back end of the wide receiver depth chart. If this team feels like Chester Rogers' punt return ability is worth keeping over like Chris Moore as the fifth receiver who doesn't really do anything in the return game. I know he's on special teams, but whatever. Hey, this guy, Chester Rogers, might make a run here. And then the next punt happened. And now Chester Rogers is probably RIP. John, you just can't, when you're trying to make a team, you cannot fumble a punt or fumble a punt return in part because your technique was bad. You had the, he had the ball in his right hand. He didn't have it on his outside arm. And then he fumbles the ball deep in the Texans territory and the Rams scoop it up and they score a touchdown. The only reason that game had to come down to a last minute touchdown was because of that play. The Texans were firmly in control of that game last night. They were up, I think, 14 to six when that punt happened. So you get the ball back and, and the Texans have a chance to go up by two scores. And instead it's, it's 14, 13, next thing you know. So Chester Rogers, big stock down for me, big, this we're not on video, but my thumb is right up in the camera with John and I am pointing it way, way down. I didn't think Rogers had a prayer to make the team anyway. They've had too many receivers step up, but that solidified it. Sean, my, my next one, left guard, Max Sharping, Justin McCray started the first game at left guard. Max Sharping, who's gotten most of the first team reps ahead of Kenyon Green. And Justin McRae could be a backup center. But Sharping got beat too many times. A couple times caused a sack, fumble. Sharping fell on the ball another time. And it, he got like blew some guy blew by him and stopped Mac in the backfield. You would think a former second round pick that started as much as he had would have played better, especially since he got significant playing time. And maybe he makes a team because he can play either side. But, man, that was not the kind of performance he wants to put on tape for the coaches as they get closer to that 53-man roster. Oh, John, yeah. And we were watching the game. I said to Clint, I said, man, can you believe Max Sharping started for this team in 2019? Like, not just started. That was his rookie year. Not just started. But at the end of the season – it's not as though he were out there like as a consolation prize. Like he was the only, like he looked like, it looked like there was something to Max Sharping's game as a rookie. Like it was, you know, I think the feeling after his rookie year was, okay, this is a guy the Texans might want to keep around for a while. And I don't know what happened, but boy, he just fell off the face of the earth. And John, you're right. He got beat on some very, very basic pass rush moves on the interior last night. You can't have that. And you can't have that when your, your starting quarterback is, is back there. Like that's, that's one of those ones where if you're Lovey Smith, you're like, oh, my God, I, I'm a, I almost got Davis Mills killed by putting Max Sharping in with the ones in this game. And he's, this is his fourth season, and he's gotten worse, progressively worse instead of better. We all thought the offensive line after that 2019 season with the addition of Tunstall and Sharping in the second round that they had solidified the line and they didn't it's been worse the last two years and if it's not a whole lot better this season they're in big trouble another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. John, think about this is actually a pretty good lead in into uh, our last stock down for me. And it's Ross Blacklock, who is in real danger of not making this team just flat out. He's Clint and I on the postgame show last night went through the um, we went through all the bodies at defensive line. And and I'm curious what you think about this. But just to 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 speak about Blacklock individually, he didn't make any plays. He didn't show up splash play wise. The only time he ever showed up was when the referee was giving his jersey number out for multiple penalties on a play towards the end of the game that set up the Rams go ahead touchdown. He had a face mask and he lined up offsides on the exact same play. You can't do that. He's just I, I Ross Blacklock has just never seemed to have gotten it. Ever since his rookie year where J.J. went in on him for getting into a fight in a game against Baltimore, it's just been one thing after another with Ross Blacklock, who doesn't seem like a bad guy. He's just not a very good football player, as it turns out. Um, But he's in real danger not making this team, John, because there's a ton of bodies along the defensive line. And that's one of the position groups. It's not only are there a lot of bodies that are doing things in practice. That is one group that is showing up big time in these first two games, there's a ton of backups that are out there making plays. And I know some of them are on the edge and Ross Blacklock is on the interior, but there's interior guys making plays. Kurt Heinisch is a better football player right now than Ross Blacklock is. I don't think there's any question about that, at least during training camp. Blacklock's probably got more, he definitely has more physical talent. He was a second round pick and Heinisch is an undrafted free agent, but Heinisch has shown up more times in two preseason games than Ross Blacklock has in the last year. Um, you know, Michael Dwumfor is a guy who has done some decent things that I think could make this team over Ross Blacklock. There's There were 13 names that we had come up with, John, in the pool of defensive linemen and trying to go through that exercise. How many do you think Lovey keeps along the, uh, on the, along the defensive line for the 53-man roster? Nah, I think you'll keep nine. Nine? Then Blacklock's not making this team. Oh, I don't think Blacklock's going to make it. And, and you mentioned... Big Heine left out that he went to Notre Dame, your alma mater. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud to be a Baylor Bear, mm-hmm. and so I'm always <laughs> sick of it. And also, I'll point that out. You went to Notre Dame, but thank you. I watched on Saturday morning. I went back over every play multiple times, and when you're playing behind Roy Lopez, you're getting double teamed a lot, and Blacklock just can't beat a double team. He's not fast enough to penetrate, and Heinish made two plays that uh, one, he didn't get credit for, but he forced a guy to go sideways and somebody else stopped him at the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And then there was one where he chased down and made a play, but he makes plays. And I couldn't see one time Ross Blacklock did put pressure on the quarterback and he had to get rid of the ball too quick, but that was it. When he's going against double teams, he's just flummoxed he's not going anywhere and it doesn't look like he's getting ready to jump and get his arm in the air and try to knock down a ball it just looks to me like right now Ross Blacklock knows he's out of here and if he goes to a team that's more suitable for him where they play a different front maybe it'll help him but he just has not been worth the second round pick I think he has three starts in two seasons yeah it's he's not and so John let's let's think about this for a second here because you just mentioned Max Sharping as a stock down second round pick from uh, 2019. 
Let's go back through the history, the pre-Casario history of second-round picks real quick, and I'll go chronologically backwards. Ross Blacklock in 2020, in danger of getting cut. 2019, they had two second-round picks. Max Sharping, in danger of getting cut. Lonnie Johnson has now been let go by two teams. He got traded for a seventh-round pick by the Texans. He just got cut by the Chiefs this week. Uh, 2018, they didn't have a second-round pick. They didn't pick till the third round. 2017, Zach Cunningham, who they cut last year because he was uh, he was completely truculent behind the scenes with the team. John, 2016, Nick Martin, who wound up being one of the most overpriced centers in the league, who they wound up cutting, and now he's barely hanging on in New Orleans. When you're a team that is flipping first-round picks all the time, when you're trading him, trading him for Watson made a lot of sense. Trading him for Tunsil in, in retrospect made as much as they traded for him made very little sense. When you're a team that is just conceding that you're not going to draft in the first round and then you're not getting the second round right in any of those years, this is this is how you wind up where the Texans are right now. Yes, Ben, uh, last week did a position-by-position position ranking of every team. And Mike Clay, who's very respected, did it with the reasons behind everything. And the highest-rated position he had for the Texans was cornerback, which surprised me. They were 20th or worse everywhere, and overall they were last in the NFL. And that's two years in a row, and that's what happens when you bomb out with so many high picks. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so there's our stock up and stock down. Of course, the Texans' next game is going to be Thursday against the San Francisco 49ers at NRG Stadium, and then 17 days between 17. That'll be kind of fun doing the podcast where there's a 17-day hiatus, John. You and I can veer into different lanes and talk about a whole bunch of things for those couple of weeks. 